Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. A new Native-led science fiction movie pits a group of indigenous teens against a vicious alien force that infects people and animals. The outcome of the battle set in a small Arctic Canadian community will determine the fate of the world. It's a new take on a familiar theme, with the protagonists using their combined strength against a new enemy. We'll talk with two people instrumental in bringing this story to the screen, coming up right after the news. For National Native News, I'm Daniel Montano in for Antonio Gonzalez. The U.S. Justice Department is filing a lawsuit against Rapid City Hotel owners accused of denying service to Native Americans. South Dakota Public Broadcasting's Lee Strubinger has more. Federal prosecutors accuse owners of the Grand Gateway Hotel and Cheers Sports Lounge of devising and implementing racially discriminatory policies this spring. One of the hotel owners posted on Facebook that natives were no longer allowed at the hotel and bar following an overnight shooting in their building in March. Days after, Native Americans tried booking rooms at the hotel twice and were allegedly denied service. Kristen Clark is the Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights at the DOJ. Policies that prohibit Native Americans from accessing public places are patently offensive racially discriminatory and have no place in our society today. The Department of Justice says the owners violated Title II of the Civil Rights Act. Nick Tilson is the CEO of NDN Collective, an indigenous rights organization. They filed an initial lawsuit against the hotel saying they were denied service. Tilson calls the move by the Justice Department significant. However, Tilson says it's up to the community to tackle the issue of racism in Rapid City. If it wasn't for us marching in the streets, and if it wasn't for us speaking truth to power, if it wasn't for us having the courage to walk into Grand Gateway and get denied, if it wasn't for the courage of us filing a lawsuit, Department of Justice wouldn't be doing this today. Defendants Nick and Connie Uri did not respond to requests for comment. For National Native News, I'm Lee Strupinger in Rapid City. U.S. Representative Mary Peltola was greeted with exuberant applause and a standing ovation at the Alaska Federation of Natives annual convention, where she delivered the keynote address Thursday. She spoke to the convention's theme of unity, although she deplored the pervasive political climate she said is filled with negative messages that inspire fear, distress, and worry. They're destructive. They're acidic. They tear us down. There is no place for hate and fear and self-pity if we're going to survive and thrive and overcome our challenges. Peltola, who is you pick, peppered her speech with personal asides and memories. She took the time to recognize the family of longtime Representative Don Young, who were in attendance. Young died in March, and Peltola won the special election to fill out his term, and she's on the November ballot to fill the seat for the next two years. The AFN gathering in Anchorage is the first fully in-person convention since the start of the COVID pandemic. A rare white buffalo mounted at the Montana Historical Society will be returned to the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes. MTPR's Aaron Bolton reports a ceremony was held Thursday to acknowledge the move. Big Medicine was born on the Flathead Reservation in the 1930s. 
He was not considered albino as he had a brown tuft of fur between his horns, but the slim odds of the local herd producing a white buffalo made him sacred to the Salish, Kootenai, and other tribes. When Big Medicine died, he was mounted and eventually displayed at the Montana Historical Society in Helena. The CSKT formally asked for his return this summer, with plans to bring him back to the National Bison Range on the reservation where he once lived. The Historical Society's board voted unanimously to grant that request. CSKT Tribal Chairman Tom McDonald spoke in a ceremony shortly after the vote. It's a revitalization. It's a, his return will be very significant for us. Can't be overstated how important today is. The Historical Society plans to hold on to big medicine until the CSKT builds a facility on the bison range where he can be displayed. For National Native News, I'm Aaron Bolton. And I'm Daniel Montano. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com slash tribal relations. Support for the renovated Anchorage Marriott downtown, one block from the Denina Convention Center, close to restaurants and shopping. Reservations are being taken at 800-228-9290. A special rate is available for those attending AFN. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. On the longest day of the year, four Inuit girls, armed with ulu knives, makeshift weapons, and a hunting rifle, must protect their small Arctic Canadian community from mysterious and deadly alien beings. That's a summary of the new film, Slashback. The film is now making its U.S. debut, where it can be found in selected theaters, on demand, and digital. Set in the village of Pongnuktu in Nunavut, the film features an almost all Inuit cast, directed and co-written by Nyla Inukshuk, who offers a glimpse of village life. Let's take a listen to a clip of the film, hear a group of kids gather around a porch, and talk about how the alien is similar to a traditional Inuit legend. What's an Iluk? Iluk are things that live in two worlds. Two worlds? If you go far enough north, there's a whole other world. If you go far enough north, you'll start going south. When Iluk comes to our world, they can disguise themselves as anything. And when they do, we snatch children and bring them back to their world. Why do they take children? Because it makes no sense. It's dumb Inuk stuff. And only dumb Inuk fall for it now. You think you know that, but it's only people who think they know that who really don't know anything. Ask your dad to, he'll tell you, the great hunter. Feel free to shut up about my dad. Hey. Since you know so much, and you're such a good little Inuk anyway, why don't you go out there and hunt that thing with all your great skills? Then you can come back and prove us all wrong. Seriously, I dare you, go out there. That was an excerpt from the film Slashback. 
Today, we're going to talk with the film's director and lead actress. And of course, it wouldn't be a show without you, our listeners. Native sci-fi and slasher film fans, we'd love to hear from you today. So please join the conversation, 1-800-996-2848 or 1-800-99-NATIVE. Speaking with us now in Toronto, Ontario, is filmmaker Nyla Inukshuk. She is the co-writer and director of the film Slashback. She is Inuk. Nyla, welcome to the show, and congratulations on the film. Hi, thank you so much. I watched a screener of Slashback last night. Interesting, very, very interesting. Nyla, what led you down this path to a native teen sci-fi horror film? Yeah, well, I grew up loving movies and loving making movies. I would kind of make my cousins get dressed up as ghosts and covered in blood. And so I I loved movies growing up like E.T. and The Goonies. And um, I certainly had adventures with my brothers and my friends as a kid. And so when I had an opportunity to make my first first movie, my first feature, the idea of being able to make something that felt like one of those movies that I grew up watching um, in this place that I loved um, was kind of great. Tell us more. What can audiences expect without giving away uh, too many, you know, any spoilers or anything like that? What, what can folks expect when they when they watch the film? Sure. It's this kind of coming of age horror action adventure movie about a group of, of teen girls from this really remote Arctic community as they take on this alien invasion. Um, and so it's, it's really about a story about growing up and, and, and about friendship and uh, pride in the place you come from. Um, and we shot it in this community that I absolutely love. My nephews who are, are five and seven. They are from the community of Pang, and so the idea of being able to have a movie that that was um, this alien invasion movie, but set in the the community they're from, was something that that I um, was exciting to me. And then to kind of just share a, a a different perspective, maybe on on modern Inuit life than than audiences have seen before. There's this core group of cast members, this this group of, of young girls, uh, young teens, and some are even preteens. And then they're mostly just, it's mostly a young cast. There are some adult roles, but it's mostly younger people. Now, are these these young actors, are they all from Peng? All of the actors, a lot of them were from the community of Halloween, and that's the capital of Nunavut. And really, the, the reason for that is, is simple and logistical. Um, and when when I started making this movie, it, I really had not. I didn't have a lot of money to make it. I was I was get, trying to get some some grants to make this short film, this proof of concept that could kind of give a sense of of what I was hoping to accomplish with the larger movie. And so I held these acting workshops in Halloween, which is where my parents lived. And so I was able to kind of just stay at their place and then work with the local arts organization to have these acting workshops. And, and my friend, Christine Tutu, who is a local theater actor, helped me kind of get the word out. And we invited young women who are interested in, in kind of, acting, telling stories, and we got this great group of girls. And a lot of those kids ended up being um, people that Ryan 
Tavin, my co-writer, and I worked with on the script. And so definitely uh, a lot of what the characters are going through in terms of identity and and uh, how they fit in, where their indigeneity fit in, that was stuff that was kind of, um, you know, came out of these conversations and us spending time together and going out on boat rides and going to cabins and just talking about boys and all of that stuff. When I want to ask you, did the did the young ladies, did they help you with any of that dialogue? Because they, they really sound, you know, like native teens and just some of their little, their jokes they crack with each other and they kind of give each other a hard time. And, and they just sound like, like, like kids I meet all the time in native communities. Thanks. Yeah. I think that just we, uh, the, the opportunity for Ryan Cabot, because I shot this proof concept with a lot of the cast when they were younger, Knowledge also plays Uchi. She was actually in the, in the proof of concept played the younger sister of Micah who gets taken. Um, and she grew out of that role. And I thought actually had grown out of the, the project, but then I saw her and thought that maybe she could fit in with some of the older girls. Um, and uh, so I had been kind of working with a, a few of these girls for a while. And then when Ryan and I would be kind of hanging out with them, we would, we would definitely get a sense of how they would communicate with each other, but then also just the dynamics of, of a teenage friendship and, um, and the complications of that sometimes. And, um, and so a lot of those things just were kind of put into the script and then it was fun kind of reading the script through with the cast and them saying, Oh yeah, like that sounds exactly like what we would say. Um, and there would be certain things that um, maybe something like um, the scene where someone's parents are asking to see their cell phone and reading through the text to kind of catch them in, in what they've been doing <laughs> that day that like, that's a direct experience from one of the cast members. And so, you know, we kind of like put it in and we're like, Oh, I hope the parents don't get us in trouble for including that. <laughs> <laughs> Nyla, how about some of the cultural elements? There is some Inuit spoken in the film and there's also some symbolism. Tell us more about that. Well, we filmed the movie in, in Nunavut, and um, I think um, for us, it's really normal for us to just have our culture be a part of our everyday. Um, uh, food is a big part of, of how we connect to our traditional um, culture, whether it's through hunting and boating and spending time on the boat. And a community like Pang, that's just, um, it's, this whaling community it was started as a whaling community it's a fishing community and it's right on the water um everyone is out kind of on their boats especially in, like i mean in the summer when when the when the water opens up and um and so i think those kinds of things were just natural to include and same same goes with the stories um we uh, just like anybody you kind of grow up with children's stories and we grew up with a normal children's stories too, like um, Hansel and Gretel and stuff like that. But we also grew up with elders telling us about the Chalapidluid and um, the Iraq and, um, and creatures that, you know, that will, um, if we break certain rules or go wandering off on our own or get too close to cracks in the ice, that we might kind of um, get into trouble. Nyla, I'm glad you mentioned food because um, there are references in, in the film several times to what the actors refer to as country food. And, and please, I apologize, but educate me. I'd never heard that 
that reference before country like what is country food exactly what is it what do they what do they mean by that and and that was kind of intentional and just kind of using the way we referred to to food as just the way we would talk about it and feeling like we didn't have to explain it too much um like a co-op lunch is something that we would have is a normal thing and that's when you just invite people over and you just grab whatever meat is in your freezer so it's caribou or char and you just take out cardboard and you put it on the floor and everybody comes over with a new loo and it's just, um, and usually you'll have soy sauce or, and, and some sriracha and you're just um, helping yourself to the chunks of meat. Um, and that would be a typical co-op country food lunch. Gotcha. And, um, and, and so when I just most recently was visiting Pang, uh, Jackie Maniapic, who plays Joby, he took me out for a day on the boat and we stopped on, an ice flow and he, he brought out some frozen narwhal and um so and, and that's just like a, a way to kind of well share food of course and that's something that he would have gone and spent the spent the, the day before hunting um and um and yeah so it's just a big kind of a big part of i it, i when i remember specifically shooting a proof of con the proof of concept that one of the girls has to slice open a seal and we were then using these like seal intestines and stuff as props that the girls have to use to kind of entice this creature and um the i had to keep on telling the girls don't they they, they were getting really hungry just looking at all the seal intestines <laughs> and like i was just like stay away from the props don't eat them Okay, Nyla, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to take a break here. Um, But this is just a a really fun conversation. Love, love talking to you and and learning more about this film that uh, just made its US debut. So listeners, if you want to get on this conversation, we're talking native sci fi today 1-800-996-2848. We'll be right back. The snow crab population in the Bering Sea has collapsed, canceling this year's commercial harvest and putting the future of commercial crabbing in the region at risk. We'll find out what's behind the unprecedented decline in crabs and how native commercial and subsistence fishers are coping. That's on the next Native America Calling. Cachet! Domestic violence is not traditional. Contact your local Indian health care provider, call 1-800-318-2596, or visit www.healthcare.gov slash SCP hyphen L-I-S-T slash hashtag domestic abuse to learn about special enrollment periods available for survivors of domestic abuse. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Elahqua. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're discussing the newly released film Slashback with its director and co-writer Nyla Inukshuk. It was released in Canada earlier this year and is now available for U.S. audiences in select theaters on demand and digital. Join the conversation with our film's director by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. And Nyla, let's talk more about the audience. I mean, this is a movie that a lot of child actors in the film, but um, you know, it's, it's a dark film. And I'm just kind of curious who, who's your intended audience for this film? Is it, is it, is it teens or is it adults? Who do you think this movie is, is best suited for? <laughs> I think that it's, um, 
Uh, I think it's it's meant for kind of the the younger teenage audience. Um, the kids were 13, 14 when we when we made the movie, and I think that that's probably the the audience that that will respond the most to it. Um, it's it is a bit scary. Um, and I know that like for me growing up, I, I love movies that felt like I was getting away with something a little bit. Um, so it is a bit, bit scary, um, for a coming of age movie for sure. Uh, but the violence is, um, alien violence. So, um, the, and the, and the girls are, um, kicking butt. So I think for, in particular, um, I think teenage girls, um, but also, I think, um, yeah, anyone that's kind of um, just been kind of going through that pro- process of, of reclaiming pride or finding that pride in where you come from. You mentioned alien violence, and I couldn't help notice, Nyla, I'm sorry, but the similarities between um, a flashback in this new Prey movie that's um, just was released earlier this year. It's getting a lot of buzz. And um you know, two indigenous communities fighting these strange alien beings, albeit yours is a contemporary film and, and Prey is a historical setting. But did you know Prey was being developed around the same time you were filming Slashback? No, I had no idea. And, you know, I'm, I feel terribly because everyone is telling me how great this movie is. And I know I'll love it, but I have not seen it yet. So um, I will. I promise. And I, and I know that, um, I, that, I'll, that I'll really uh, get, get a kick out of it. Well, and uh, just to make it known, your movie did come out first. You're <laughs> right. You were first to the first to the stage there. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that there's. I think it is an exciting time when we can all be. You know that it's an it's an interesting time for indigenous stories and and at the and that 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 is like a perfect example of of how you know even with the, these alien invasion movies. Um, set in an indigenous community, there's there, there's so many different ways that these kinds of things can be interpreted and told. Okay, well, and I know uh, almost all the cast is is native there on your film, and um, you know there was a little bit of controversy just broke out recently with regard to Prey and and one of the cast members. So I'm thinking that's not going to be an issue with your film, though, Nyla. Everybody looks. Uh, I think everybody, all your actors are, are pretty legit up there, up there in the north. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's that is a, a, a challenge, of course, when you kind of are even when um, for, for me, there was a lot of reasons why this movie was really cha- challenging to get off the ground. It was my first feature. I hadn't directed anything before. So um, that was already a big risk. And then, you know, oftentimes when you're trying to kind of um, supplement your inexperience with by attaching the experience of others. And and that's really important. And certainly I did that in lots of ways, but I knew when it came to the cast that it was so important to me that, that this be a cast of, of people um, from Nunavut or at least me knowing the community of Pang and having a sister that's from Pang um, who she herself like barely learned English until she was 14 um, it just wouldn't make sense to have a movie that was set in Pang that didn't have um, that where the cast wasn't Inuk. So um, that was just something that was pretty important. And then by by nature of that, it just it meant that we wouldn't have these kind of stars attached because there were no teenage and we movie stars and so but but that kind of um, I think is what's so great is we got to find these amazing kids and. Um, and even in the process of making it, like we went 
to Sitges, this amazing genre festival last week in Spain, and the kids were saying to me, uh, we wish we could just make the movie again because we would be so much better at, at acting. And, and, you can, and they can say that they can look at points in the movie and say, oh, that was shot later and we were better at acting at that point. And, but I think, like, it's so great that regardless of, of, you know, how anyone might feel about it, it's like the, the process of learning and being grateful for that and they, taking those lessons and, and getting to grow and, and bring them on to their next projects whether it, or next things in their life, like whether it's movies or, um, or Alexis wants to be a pilot. Um, and so it's just kind of exciting to see them growing with the experience of the movie. So is that um, a possibility then in the future? We might revisit some of these characters in a, in a future project? Oh, gosh, I didn't mean to suggest that, but I certainly, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, you know, as someone who um, I, I do love, like, you know, video games and interactive stuff. And so I've known to, I've been known to kind of sit in an idea and, like, think about different ways it could kind of be um, thought about in, in maybe a different way. Um, and I do love the story, but I also should, should say that I'm ready to move on to the next thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nyla, regarding some of those cultural nuances that you've, you, you, you put into the script and, and into the film, there's, there's one line I wanted to ask you about in, in the film and, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here, but one of the characters, there's a reference, um, that, um, they look like Inuk pretending to be Inuk. And what were you trying to convey in that line? Oh, yeah. Well, that in particular was uh, in reference to, to Uki kind of calling out Micah and her behavior and the way that she kind of seemed to carry this shame in her indigeneity and that that kind of was coming through in her language and the way she was kind of um, uh, when she would talk about country food and in particular this crush she had on this boy. And I think that that kind of... Um, conversation and that story arc for Micah was in part drawn from my own experience as an Indigenous teenager, kind of figuring out where who I was and where my inokness fit in and, and shame I carried that, that I needed to get rid of, but also just like having conversations with teenage girls now and realizing that in different ways they carry shame and carry shame in their language. And we would talk about this as a group and and say, like, what does it mean when you say, oh, that's so Inuk and mean it in a negative way? And then how can we be replacing that language, like recognizing it and then being like, OK, so what's important to us? is We should we should be using prideful language because we're proud. And so it's like, how can we be using prideful language when it comes to describing ourselves and, and where we come from? And that is a big kind of part of the story arc for, for Micah is, is realizing she, her community is worth fighting for, that, that she's got these awesome kind of uh, skills and her friends do to kind of take this on. Well, Nyla, tell us more about some of the production aspects of the film. I mean, you know, the funding and getting your crew together to shoot all the scenes and just everything that went into to making the film and, and must have just been a huge production. What all, how long did it take to just make the movie and, and get all the working parts in order? Yeah, it's definitely been a crazy journey. And I think, like, if there's anyone listening that's interested in making movies or kind of getting started, um, really just, like, starting – with what you got, even if you've got a cell phone and like getting used to like framing things and the idea of telling a story with, with the tools that you've got, that you've got, which is like what you can see and hear. Um, and then, um, 
for me, I, I had this idea. I, I went to film school and I, I had this idea, but it was uh, kind of this big, the hardest thing for me was actually saying, oh, I'm going to, I want to do that, take that risk and direct. Um, and then, especially because I hadn't directed before. And, um, but I thought I had this idea that I thought was good. And so I started with this proof of concept to kind of a short film version of it. They could kind of give a sense of tone and what I was hoping to accomplish. And, um, and that's how I found a lot of the cast. And then with that, we were able to kind of then build up the team to help us make this thing. This is kind of this idea that we had and that now have this little short film um, and we found the producers. I, I, you know, did a, a kind of this exhaustive search and eventually found this writing partner that I um, I work with. On um, we we're, we've got other projects that we're finishing and developing. Um, it's this really kind of great relationship. Um, and then um, had to kind of do the do the work with my producers to really kind of try and find do the fundraising and and get people to believe in, in the movie. And, and, and we got the fundraising. It was, it was hard and it wasn't, Hey, this is a, this is a, a, an indie Canadian movie. This is not a huge budget movie, but, um, and it was an ambitious project that required us traveling to this really kind of remote place. that's very expensive to get to. Um, so the production of it itself was really challenging. Um, we had to ship up, 60 beds and mattresses and we we turned all of the classrooms available in town so the classrooms in the high school and all the classrooms in the grade school were turned into bedrooms for my crew and cast and so everybody had a roommate there were two beds in every classroom um all the windows were because it's 24 hours sunlight in this community in the summertime we had to black out all the, the these windows in the classrooms all of our meals were served in the high school gym, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because um, there's no restaurants in, in this community. Um, it was a crazy kind of effort. Um, I, it, this, but, you know, I, I think um, for, for us and, and, and even it being such a, a learning experience, it felt like I was learning 100 lessons a day. It mm. is... Um, you know, so it's something that you know I'm so proud of the uh, of the girls and having getting the, the the fact that we even accomplished this, let alone that we have this movie that we can now be sharing with people and and seeing the cast grow up with the movie and and being really proud of of sharing it with audiences and sharing where they came from, they come from. The t- 24 hour sunlight that was really intriguing. It added a lot to the film because. Uh, it takes place all over the course of, I, I think, one day. You know, it's kind of hard to tell because the sun's not going, but it, but it added to the whole element of, of the the scariness and the apprehension of just, you know, the, the, the climate, the, uh, the sun. It's just not always in the same place, and you couldn't really tell, like, what time of day it was. I thought that was just an interesting element, uh, that whole 24-hour sunlight aspect of the film. And now let's go ahead and, and talk with one of the young actors from your film. You've been talking a lot about um, what went into the to the film and, and um, the different actors uh, staying in, in dormer or excuse me in classrooms at the school there. So let's go ahead and bring one on now. Joining us is actress Tashiana Shirley. She is an actress and plays the character Micah in the film Slashback. She is a nook. Welcome to Native America Calling, uh, Tashiana, and congratulations to you as well. 
Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk with you. And tell us, was this your first time acting in a film? Film. Um, so I had a really uh, deep interest in acting uh, beforehand. And when I heard, heard about the, the feature film uh, in, in, in Italy, I got the opportunity and, and uh, eventually became a part of the production. Okay. And tell us more about your character, Micah. She's a little bit of a rebel. Yeah. Um, so Micah is, um, she, she's a hunter who, who, who got all of her dad. Um, and she's in the beginning of the movie, she's a, a little, um, uh, she's a little bit, um, Okay. Uh, Tashan, I'm sorry. We're having sorry, can, uh, some sorry, can... technical difficulties. I'm going to go ahead and, and go back to Nyla for a minute, and then my producer's going to work with your phone line, and we're going to get you the better connection, okay? So just hang tight there. really want to talk with you more. Um, Nyla, so, you know, we've got uh, Tashiana on the line and, and talking more about, you know, her character and, and being a little bit of a rebel. And... Um, Again, these um, young actors just getting out there uh, for the first time. And you mentioned how they they learned as as the as the film progressed. They they improved and and, and looked back and and could tell that they were making progress. And uh, is that important to you to be able to provide these opportunities for for young native actors to just get their get their feet wet in film? Yeah, it has been the kind of the surprise. Um a special reward for me in this process has been working with these young actors and seeing them grow up and, and, um, and then, you know, kind of grow as, as young people, but then also as, as performers and actors. And, um, Tassiana was, uh, you know, the, we, we talk about this character being a bit of a rebel. She, she herself is so sweet and, um, the when we are bringing the the movie around and they, and people meet her they say oh well she's like she's not at all like her character and I'm like of course she's act she was acting and um and so it has been so great to see uh just um how they've kind of grown up with the movie and 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 seeing them um just grow as performers has been has been so great and and that also for them to be able to see audiences and to hear um, hear people responding to that to their their performances, I think is so important. Nyla, so much going on up in Canada with regard to to native arts, especially entertainment, film, television. And I understand there's a, a big film festival this week up in Canada. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the Imaginative Film Festival is happening right now, and that is uh, the Imaginative uh, Film Institute kind of exists all year round now with programming that supports Indigenous filmmakers. And it's really been this um, institution and festival that has fostered Indigenous um, talent and support for each other as filmmakers and um, when I, uh, they, I've, I've gone through different programs and training at the Institute. And, um, so it's just been so great to be able, we're showing the movie tomorrow, um, within, you know, an indigenous audience and, for, and from, um, indigenous with indigenous audiences from around the world, people from Maoriland and Samiland. And, and so just to get 
to kind of come together and, and share our stories is so special. And, and it's so nice to be able to see some of my friends, Dana Goulet, Elamaya Tailfeathers, and um, Darlene Napont, Zoe Hopkins, these amazing female filmmakers who are just like telling incredible stories. And we've all been kind of working alongside each other and supporting each other for years and decades now. Um, Zoe, um, she, her, her movie run woman run is kind of this rom-com set on the res. And we've been working together since I was straight out of, of university when I produced one of her, a music video that she directed and Dennis Goulet, who directed night Raiders, this kind of post-apocalyptic movie. Um, she's someone that has been kind of a mentor and friend to me, um, here in the city and, so it's so amazing to kind of see um, see the different kinds of stories we're telling. Folks, we have to take another break, but give us a call if you want to chime in on this discussion. We're talking about this new film, Slashback, 1-800-996-2848. Close to half of American adults have high blood pressure. Of those, about 75% don't have it controlled. Singer, songwriter, and actor Natori Naughton is teaming up with the support of the American Heart Association to raise awareness of high blood pressure. You can join us in the Get Down With Your Blood Pressure Dance Movement. It's inspired by the four simple steps to self-monitoring blood pressure. Get it, slip it, cuff it, check it. Info about the dance at American underscore heart on Instagram. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce, and there is still time to join our discussion about the Inuit film Slashback. So what are you waiting for? Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. I'll say it again, 1-800-996-2848. We are speaking with Tashiana Shirley, and she is one of the actors who plays the character Micah in this film Slashback. And Tashiana, how old are you? Um, so I okay, I think we're having a little bit more difficulty with Tashiana. So we are talking about this film, Slashback, and uh, it just made its U.S. debut, and uh, it is available to stream. It's an interesting movie, and um, Tashiana, are you there? Um, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. You're just breaking out a little bit. Yeah. So can you, again, how old are you? Uh, sorry about that. Um, hopefully this is a little better. So oh, I'm, yeah, I'm so... 16 currently. 16. And then, so how old uh, were you when you, when I was in flashback? Okay. 13. So yeah, it was three years ago. So that was a while ago. And, um, and before we went to break, um, I was asking you to tell us a little bit more about your character, Micah. She's a little bit of a rebel. She's a little bit boy crazy, but, but tell our listeners more about, about what they can expect when they watch Micah on screen. Yeah. So, um, Micah, um, w uh, was a character and she, she went through, um, a bit, a bit of growth throughout the movie. And in the beginning, you can tell she's a little bit ashamed of her Inukness and her indigeneity, and um, you can you can see that in the first few scenes, but uh, throughout the movie, you can see her growth of of confidence throughout it within her identity, and that is sort of inflicted by um, fighting off these aliens with the skills that her culture had brought to her. 
and and so toward the end you can see that she's a lot more she's got um gained a lot more confidence with her identity and her indigeneity um but yeah so she's she she is a bit of a rebel and she um she's sort of like the 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 badass kind of leader of the friend group <laughs> who's who's um <laughs> kill uh, like uh fighting fighting off aliens and creating like traps and and different type of uh tools and techniques that 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 um stemming from her her culture and and her traditional practices that just um that completely help help her fight off these aliens and it's 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 amazing to see well she's definitely a, a ba as you describe it right she's tough she's out there she's fighting these aliens but she's got a heart of gold she has a little sister and she's very protective of that little sister and she looks out for her friends too so she's definitely she's kind of a little bit of a of a mother hen with that with that clique that she's in yeah, so she, she does. Um, she does have, um, I guess, uh, a, a mother hand in 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 that uh, situation there with her sister and and her and her friend, but um, and her friend group. Tassiana, I, I also want to ask. I mean, was the was the film scary to work on? I mean, there's these alien beings and you, you're, you're running around with a rifle and you've got these different edged weapons and you're fighting and, and people are, are perishing. And what was that like on the set? I mean, did you, did you experience, did you feel any of that tension and that, that fear while you were actually filming? Uh, yeah. So, uh, one of the, one of the scenes in the movie is, um, uh, there's there's a bit of a, a, a few jump scares that uh, that come up, but they they were completely um, random, like on set. So 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 the jump scares were 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 uh, were kind of uh, real to, to me because um, they weren't they didn't have like a planned uh, time as to when they would they would go, happen. So it was a completely natural reaction uh, most of the time for for me. So it, it was. It wasn't. It, um, it was less of acting and, and more just natural reactions to the to the jump scares and to the different um, you know creatures that we were on with, with on set. Um, but but there was also like uh, with the with the skin suits and the aliens. Um, I, I I had made friends with them with the people behind the the, the skin suit um, uh, uh, Troy. Who, who was who's a contortionist and 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 there were a few other uh, people behind the skin suits that I had. I think it was uh, easier to, to make friends with them so that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as scared <laughs> um, on set. So so that also helped. But um, yeah, it, it was it was a really a mixture of of, of both. Well, it's a, like I said, it's a really, really in, intense film. And so y your own life, um, does it parallel Micah's at all? I mean, did you grow up hunting like your character? And, and did you grow up in a, in a village similar to to uh, the village portrayed in the film? Um, yeah, so so Micah and I don't have very many parallels at all. Um, I was really, it, uh, one of the difficult things was really getting into character with her. Um, because she, her and I have a lot of differences in, in the way where she's kind of, um, rude and, and comes off as a little, uh, mean or nonchalant, but, um, 
Uh, but I didn't. I didn't grow up hunting or, or knowing much at all about, um, you know, being out on the land and things like that. I did. Do, I did it occasionally um, because I do live in maybe similar to Peng, but um, I, I wasn't extremely knowledgeable. So I actually learned a lot of things while on set of Slashback, and it was. Um, it was more of a learning experience for me than, than actually having parallels with, with Micah. Okay. Well, you, you play the part very convincingly, and, and you definitely know how to, how to hold a rifle and aim it well, so uh, you convinced me. And um, Tashiana, do you think the, that slashback, do you think it's an, an accurate portrayal of, of your culture and community? What's your thought on that? Well, um, there there are a lot of 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 great instances where it, where it shows uh, examples of of our culture and and uh, just sort of the lifestyle. But I feel like um, because it it it's a film that's released, you know, uh, worldwide, and and um, I, I think that that influenced the the uh, the uh, the language of the movie. I feel like. In, in more remote communities like uh, Pangmatuk, they they speak a lot more Inuktitut. So um, that uh, there was there's also like the whereas in the movie you there you see a lot of English, and uh, but other than that, I I feel like it's it's a pretty um, accurate portrayal. But I mean, uh, of course, uh, in movies, not not everything is 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 always exactly. Um, in real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what are your plans now? I mean, do you want to continue acting? Uh, yeah. So uh, after uh, high school, I'd like to go to university and hopefully um, become a teacher and come back here in my hometown. Uh, but I, but I'd love. I'm really interested in, in in keeping acting as as something that I can do, like uh, on the side and and do projects on the side as well. Now, what are you hearing from your friends and, and other people since the film came out in Canada? Uh, yeah, they're really they're really excited for me. I have a really great um, uh, group of people around me, that, um, and they're all so supportive of me and 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 the indigenous group of people who who took part in this film and 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 brought it to the world. So. I'm, I'm receiving a lot of, of support that is always greatly appreciated, but, um, yeah. Were you a, a big horror and sci-fi film fan before you made this movie? Uh, yeah, I, I think horror movies were, were, were my def, definitely my favorite genre in middle school. I was just finished middle school and we were starting to film. Um, I really like movies like, um, the, the more modern ones, like, like the it and like the new Annabelle and they were all just so extremely thrilling to watch and uh so exciting for for me as as a little as as a as a child but um I feel like <laughs> after after being after being in, in in flashback I I kind of um got interested in other genres of movies like I'm really interested in like TV uh dramas now as opposed to horror. So can you see yourself maybe in a more dramatic or emotional role in the, in the future? 
yeah, I, I, I feel like that's probably the, the best case scenario for me is, is um, uh, because I, I think in flashback, I enjoyed uh, a lot of the like emotionally heavy scenes or, or scenes where I'm sort of spilling out a lot of, uh, you know, just emotion, whether it's like the, the, the boy crazy scenes or like the scenes where I'm uh, freaking out about my little sister. Like I really enjoy like the emotion and the, and the intensity of, uh, of, of dramas and, and dramatic scenes. So I feel like, um, although horror was, was really fun, I, I think drama could, could, could really, uh, be a fun one as well. Tassiana, what was it like being directed by Nyla? Did you enjoy working with her? Yeah, Nyla, she became like a best friend to, to all of us. She, she grew that connection with us. Um, way before filming, uh, during the um, auditions or the acting workshops that she put together, she's um, she she did a great job as at at um, at, at um, be, being a friend a friend to all of us, and especially on set, she was um, it was it was honestly really really great to work with her, and I I wouldn't have seen me doing it with anybody else because she's honestly it was so um amazing and understanding and we were all learning it was all of our first time uh like acting in a movie direct uh, it was her first time directing and i feel like we all learned from that experience and um it was just great to experience it together Tashiana, what was it like just being on this set the, the physical requirement i mean there was there was one scene where you were in a boat and then there was you know, was it cold? Was there a lot of standing around? I mean, how did you keep your energy up? Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of different aspects to that, but um, I think like, uh, yeah, so it was cold. We, we had these giant um, like puffer, uh, like Canada goose jackets that we just wrap ourselves in in between every single take because like, things like the crate scene or scenes outside where they would just get so cold after, um, after so many, um, you know, takes and different shots. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the boat for the boat scene as well. Um, that was a really great learning experience for me because I actually was taught how to, how to drive a boat by, um, Jackie who, who plays my, my father on, on, in the movie and and um, and yeah, I think that was that was just a really great learning experience for me. Now, the other actors that you worked with on Slashback, do you keep in touch? Oh yeah, um, we 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 go. We're we're all living in the same community except for Nala Joss, who plays uh, Uki. She's uh, living down uh, by Toronto now, but. Um, but yeah, we, we all, we're all, uh, from born and raised in Italy and, um, and we're all, uh, really great friends. I'm Alexis and I, I mean, yeah, Chelsea and I, and, and a couple of other girls, like we're even in the same classes and, uh, yeah, we just really created a, a strong friendship through the experience on the movie. And Tashiana, how can our listeners follow you? Do you do social media? Yeah, 
um, I've I've got an Instagram, Tatiana Shirley, but I, I'm not really using it much else. Okay, so Instagram, that's one way to follow you. And what advice do you have for other young uh, Native people like yourselves that are interested in, in being in a movie? Sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for any other young Native people that are listening to the show today and are interested in being in a movie too? Yeah, um, take advantage of the opportunities around you because um, – uh, little little opportunities like like uh, auditions and things like that can lead to really great uh, experiences in your life. I I had no idea how much of an impact that the flashback film was going to have uh, on on me when I first when I first started out. So really take the opportunities around you and and because they can become something so much more impactful later on. Well, Tashiana, I've really enjoyed talking with you today, and it's just um, really a pleasure talking to both you and Nyla and learning about this new film. And I want to wish you all all the best going forward and lots of success. So thank you again for joining us, Tashiana. You've been a great guest, and um, it's, just, it's wonderful to, to talk with young Native people like yourselves that, uh, that have so much ambition and just so much vision for, for how you want to proceed in the future. And folks, unfortunately, we have now reached the end of the hour. So once again, let me thank both Nyla and Tashiana for visiting with us today and offering a sneak peek at the independent Native sci-fi film Slashback. And please join us Monday as we start off the week with a look at the plummeting snow crab population in Alaska. Our executive producer is Art Hughes. Our producers are Andy Murphy and Sol Traverso. Marino Spencer is the engineer. Thanks also to Roman Garcia. Show McPollin is the digital producer. Nola Daves Moses is the distribution director. Bob Peterson is the network manager for Native Voice One. Clifton Chadwick is our National Underwriting Sales Director. Antonia Gonzalez is the anchor for National Native News. Charles Sather is our Chief Operations Officer. The President and CEO of Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation is Jacqueline Salee. Have a safe weekend. I'm Sean Spruce. Support for the renovated Anchorage Marriott downtown, one block from the Denina Convention Center, close to restaurants and shopping. Reservations are being taken at 800-228-9290. A special rate is available for those attending AFN. There's no reason to let uncertainty about the election process keep you from voting. That's why AARP created state-specific, comprehensive election guides. Learn more at aarp.org slash election guides. AARP supports this show. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, 
with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.